0: It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show, everyone. 49ers versus Packers. I feel like I've done this before. I feel like I've talked about this game before. I feel like I just grew up watching this matchup. And you know what? It's a different set of circumstances than maybe we've seen in the past. Because never before has a seven seed made it to the divisional round of the playoffs. That's right. The playoff format changed a few years back. And with it becomes the potential of a seven seed winning. The Green Bay Packers became the first team ever to win uh, and be a 7th seed that moves on to the divisional round. And they got a very impressive win over the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas. And anytime you go on the road and you win a big playoff game, especially over a team that has a good defense and has some playmakers on offense, you've got to think that team is pretty formidable. The Green Bay Packers are formidable. They have been improving during the season. Yes, it was a little bit of a rocky start. But then they've got it going, especially once they came out of their bye week. It felt like they had some momentum, and they built on some of those performances. They have even had some really big victories. They've been able to string together some winning streaks. Anytime you can do that, you become a dangerous team because if you get hot at the right time in the playoffs, that might just carry you all the way to the Super Bowl, a la New York Giants 2011. These types of things happen. Now, the problem for the Green Bay Packers in this matchup is the 49ers are a vo- very formidable opponent the 49ers are no joke when they win they usually win by double digits one game this year that the 49ers won of their 12 victories was not by double digits and that was the week two matchup versus the rams but sean McVay kicked a field goal with zero time remaining to get it to seven that's how impressive the 49ers have been this season when they win they win in dominant fashion And that's exactly what they're looking to do every single time they go out on the field. But getting to know the players and the matchups in this game is going to be one of the funnest things during this week because content on content is going to be coming because you have a opportunity now to see one of the best rivalries in the history of the NFL. 49ers versus Packers, especially during the 90s, was something that was synonymous with playoff football. It was 49ers, it was Cowboys, it was Packers. And the Packers did their job knocking the Cowboys out. Now they're looking to come to Santa Clara and take on uh, the big bad wolf in the in the in San Francisco 49ers. And they've got to knock them off. So it's going to be an interesting matchup. So in this episode, I really want to get into uh, the numbers, take a look at some common opponents. Uh, I also want to go over the coaching staff for Green Bay. We're going to listen to what Kyle Shannon has to say. Uh, there's going to be a lot. This is going to be a full episode, jam-packed episode. Hope you guys are all excited about it because we're going to take a Good look at the Green Bay Packers and this 49ers versus Packers matchup. Because anytime you have a matchup with two young quarterbacks and two very talented football teams with play callers like uh, LaFleur and like Shanahan, you have the potential for fireworks. And That's exactly what we're hoping to see in the divisional round. Knowing the fact there may be some rain, who knows. It just has all the makings of one of those classic showdowns that we remember. And uh, I'm excited about this one. Like and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. I'm on that push for 5K, and I'm almost there. Under 175 subscribers away from getting to 5K, and you can help put me over the top. I really appreciate everyone that's been subscribing. You guys are the best. Listening on Audio Platform, 40 Yards Cutback on Believe. You guys are absolutely spectacular. Thank you for everything that you do uh, listening on Audio Platform. And if you plan on betting on this game or any of the games in the playoffs uh, for that matter, why not bet with Bet Online? With NFL playoffs here and the NBA season in full swing, Bet Online has you covered with all the up-to-the-second odds, news, and scores. With additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile, you can access the world's best wagering information anytime. Head there today and get in on the action to see all the updated odds. Remember to use the promo code Believe. That's B L E A V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And when it comes to the Green Bay Packers, you're looking at a team that squeaked in. Uh, this is a 9-8 and eight football team. They had to win the last week of the season to get in. They were able to beat their division rival, uh, Chicago Bears, 17-9. And that's exactly what they had to do. They had to get over the hump of beating Justin Fields, beating that Chicago Bears to get themselves in the playoffs. And let's be honest, Seattle kept opening the door and allowing Green Bay to catch back up, and they did. So Green Bay comes in a little bit hot, winning three straight games, and now Dallas being a fourth straight game. Those wins over Carolina, uh, 33-30. The Minnesota Vikings, 33-10. to Of course, the Minnesota Vikings have been an absolute shell of themselves since Kirk Cousins went out. Uh, they were a very formidable football team. In the middle part of the season, once Cousins went down, this team tanked in a big way. They went through three different quarterbacks. None of them uh, triggered an opportunity for them to con- continue to push for their playoff hopes. Uh, so that one's a little bit interesting. And then the big Chicago win. So uh, Packers 9-8, of course, 1-0 in the playoffs, beating the Cowboys and absolutely handling the Cowboys, by the way. It was an impressive performance, and I think a lot of people came away from that game saying, you know what? Those guys are pretty good over there at Dallas. Like they have some talent. Uh, I mean, the Green Bay beating Dallas. Uh, they have some talent. They have some guys that can really uh, get it done. And I think that, you know, maybe some people are focusing too much, you know, on the, the part of, hey, these guys are really good. The 49ers should be aware, you know, be afraid. Um, I don't think it's about that. It's about focusing on what you're supposed to do and what you're supposed to be looking at. Uh, but let's look at the common opponents for these two teams. The 49ers and Packers have played five games against uh, opponents. Of course, Minnesota being a divisional rival, the Packers – 49ers played them. Rams being a divisional rival. The 49ers, uh, the Packers played them, and then they both played the the Pittsburgh. I'm sorry, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, so against common opponents, uh, the Vikings beat the 49ers, of course, and then they split with the Packers. The Packers won one. The Packers lost one. Packers won at the end of the year against Minnesota, uh, but they lost earlier on in the season. The Packers beat the Rams 20 to three, which is an impressive win. Of course, the 40 yards won the week two matchup 30 to 23. Brought that one up earlier and then lost the season finale when the Rams were able to overtake the 40 yards backups 21 20. It was a backup versus backup game. So take that for what it will. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers did beat the Packers in week 10. They beat them 23 to 19. And the San Francisco 40 ers of course, beat the Steelers in week one 30 to. I think it was thirty to three or it was it was something pretty blown out thirty to ten something like that. It was a big time victory for the 49ers. It's been a long time now I don't remember. I can't believe I forgot that uh, and then the 49ers beat the bucks they beat the bucks uh 27 to 14, so they did a really good job of that matchup and the Packers lost the bucks thirty four 20 so the Packers were two and three against those common opponents and the San Francisco 49ers were three and two uh, just to give kind of a basis. Of where it's at, but let's listen to what Kyle Shanahan said because you know the 49ers had four possible opponents going into Super Wildcard Weekend, and the opportunity for the 49ers uh, to to know who they were going to play, they didn't know if they were going to have to wait all the way till Monday when the Philadelphia Eagles and Tampa Bay Bucks played, or if Green Bay was going to beat Dallas first. If that happened, uh, then they they knew who they were going to play. If it came down to the, it could come down to the Rams potentially winning. So 49ers had to wait and see. So they asked Kyle Shanahan, hey, when did you start focusing on uh, the Green Bay Packers?
1: Um, we were already in here, so, you know, we were doing it that day. We had mixed in a little bit earlier in the week, you know, hitting up a couple teams, but um, started really focusing on them halfway through the second quarter.
0: He started focus on them the second quarter. I mean, he he's just making sure uh, that he's, he's prepared. And, you know, that's part of the luxury that the 49ers had. Yeah, they're sitting back and they're waiting. And you don't know which team you're gonna you're gonna play, but of course, Kyle Shanahan and his coaching staff had divvied up. They had started taking some dives into these teams, and of course, I'm sure they probably focused a little bit more on Packers uh, just before the fact they hadn't played them yet this season. So you know what you're gonna get with the Rams. You know what you're gonna get with the Eagles and the Bucks. You've already put a game plan together for them. You've already watched film on them before this season, so you already have a basis of, and a foundation to build on. The teams you didn't were the Packers and Lions. You knew you weren't going to play the Lions in the divisional round, So you probably put more focus and more onus on the Packers. And once you got into that film, you start realizing the Packers are a pretty good football team. And so you have to put more focus on. So the fact that during that game, the 49ers were able to turn their attention to the Green Bay Packers and start really taking a deep dive. And Kyle said last week they were going to work 24-7 to make sure, once they knew who they were going to play, that they were prepared. And I think that's exactly what he's been doing. They've been getting prepared for this Green Bay Packers team, uh, and this Green Bay Packers team has some good coaches. You're talking about head coach and Matt Lafleur, and Matt Lafleur is a Kyle Shanahan guy. So Matt Lafleur of coach, of course, started coaching with Kyle Shanahan in Houston. Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator for uh, then coach uh, Gary Kubiak. Kubiak brought Kyle Shanahan in to call the offense. And he called up Matt LaFleur about coming in and working under Kyle Shanahan. And LaFleur, from his own lips, said that when he got there, him and Kyle were both 28 years old. He thought, how much more can Kyle Shanahan actually know about football than I did? And he said once he got into a room, he realized that he didn't understand anything about football compared to where Kyle was. So his basis and his genesis for where he is now as a coach really comes from Gary Kubiak and Kyle Shanahan and that system. And that's what you see a lot in Green Bay. The focus has to be on him as a play caller and what he likes to do. And the fact that he likes to marry the run game to the passing game, he likes it all to look good and all to look the same. That comes from Kyle Shanahan. That comes from Mike Shanahan, in fact, that then it went to Gary Kubiak. So this is something that this offense always does. And Kyle Shanahan has talked about how this offense looks a little bit different. Now that Aaron Rodgers isn't there. Because when Aaron Rodgers was there, they had principles that Aaron, and plays that Aaron Rodgers liked to run. So those types of things were not exactly what Matt LaFleur wants. Now Matt LaFleur's got a quarterback that will run the system that he wants to run, will run it exactly how he wants to run it. And Jordan Love's done a good job operating within this system. Over the last nine games or ten games, uh, he hasn't really turned over the football. 21 touchdowns to one interception. You can equate anything to a, a, a team turning it around usually not turning over the football and running the football. Very, very good. So let's hear what Kyle Shannon had to say about Jordan Love and what what improvements he's made this season.
1: Um, I mean, he's, he's come a long way because he's playing at such a high level um, to get thrown in there early in this year and have to go through some ups and downs, which he did some good things earlier in this year too. But um, to not win all those games, kind of when you're with a, tough record in your first year the pressure that comes with that and just to watch him each game he's been consistent for him to take care of the ball the way he's done has been unbelievable I mean the 21 touchdowns and one picks I think over the last 10 games is unbelievable um, he's extremely consistent in what they're asking him to do um, Matt is very good at coaching the quarterback and uh, you can see that their quarterback is buying in and you know plays very well in their system and makes a lot of plays has a big arm and um, is a big dude too.
0: Matt LaFleur is good at working with quarterbacks. And Jordan Love's had the time to get it together. Now, he saw some tough patches through the beginning of the season. Uh, but we've seen now the maturation process of Jordan Love continuing to get reps and continuing to play within this offense. He's feeling comfortable with the reads that he's looking at, he's feeling comfortable with operating this offense. And we're seeing him be able to use some of his dynamic athletic ability. One thing that was never in question about Jordan Love was the ability to sling the football. Uh, That has been very evident from what he did in college. That's very evident from what we've seen here in the NFL. The guy has a tremendous arm and tremendous athletic ability. He can extend plays. He's big and physical. He can break tackles, break sacks. Uh, The guy's got a lot of talent. The question was, how quick was he going to be able to pick up on the NFL game? How quick was he going to be able to go from reading pre-snap to reading post-snap? good defensive coordinators confuse him. I think early on in the season, he did suffer some of those confusing uh, plays and made some mistakes, and other teams were able to capitalize on him. But as this season has progressed, LaFleur has stayed very consistent with the run game, very consistent with what he expects from Jordan Love, and we've seen the emergence of some of the young players at the wide receiver position and at the tight end position. And when that happens, then yes, your young quarterback can take it to another level. And so I think, When it comes to Jordan Love, you see a quarterback that's definitely come into his own. And it didn't look like the moment in Dallas was too big for Jordan Love. It looked like he felt really comfortable. Part of the reason he felt really comfortable is let's give credit to his offensive line. The offensive line has definitely been one of the better offensive lines in the league as far as pass blocking. And that's even without Bakhtiari. Bakhtiari's been out but they've still got a lot of talent. Zach Tom has looked really good. Of course, John Runyon has been good. Josh Myers, very talented center. Uh, They've done a good job of continuing to draft and have success, and they do a good job as far as keeping Jordan Love upright. 49ers defensive line is going to be very pivotal in this matchup. If the 49ers can put pressure on Jordan Love and keep him in the pocket, they're going to have an opportunity to make some plays, not just in the backfield, but also in the secondary, potentially getting some turnovers, which we know Jordan Love hasn't really done right now. But getting pressure on a quarterback is the name of the game. Cowboys weren't able to consistently do that. Part of the reason was Aaron Jones was very good on the ground. Aaron Jones has looked great since he's come back from injury. He's been able to run that outside zone. He's running with great speed, leverage, and physicality. And when you're going against a Dallas Cowboys team, their linebackers are not built uh, to go ahead and make tackles in the hole. So the Packers' offensive line definitely dominated the front, the front part of that, that front line and took care of business, and they do that to the 49ers. 49ers are having a returning Eric Armstead. They have all-pro Javon Hargrave. They have Dick Bosa and Chase Young on the edge. It's, they got talented linebackers, Greenlaw, Fred Warner, Orrin Burks. Uh, so this is going to be an interesting matchup. And if the Green Bay Packers want to win this game, they need to establish a consistent run game with Aaron Jones. And it can't be just that LaFleur sticking with it, even though it's not yielding necessary uh, rewards. They have to be able to get four and five car- four, five yards per carry for this thing to work. That will open the play action. And it's it's very similar to what you see from the 49ers. We talk about this every week in the game preview show. 49ers want to establish a run game. They want to marry the run game, uh, do the passing game of the play action. It opens up the middle of the field, allows your playmakers to make plays. So the 49ers defense has been seeing a similar type offense the entire year. Now, Matt LaFleur has little wrinkles. He has things that are his own, just like any coach would. They put their own DNA into their, their coaching philosophy, and LaFleur has some differences. But the 49ers have a definite basis for how to approach going against this Green Bay offense. Now, the Green Bay offense has a lot of talent as well. Uh, they are the number six team in DVOA on offense, so a talented team there. Uh, and it, it's very statistically driven by the fact that they have a lot of young guys that are stepping up. But we saw Christian Watson come back from injury this week. Uh, Romeo Dalbs has looked really good all season, young player out of Nevada. Jaden Reed comes out of Michigan State, and he looked good. He's had a 100-yard gain. And we've seen these guys kind of spread it around, right? Uh, Dontavian Wicks and Bo Melton have had some games where they've had some success too. And they've spread the wealth. It's whoever is going to be open, whatever matchup works for the Green Bay Packers that game, that's the one they're taking advantage of. And of course, that's always the best way to attack is to spread it around. Of course, you have to make sure you have the talent to do so. Uh, they do have talented wide receivers. I don't know if they're more talented than all the other teams in the league. I think their talent level is is pretty equivalent. I think we see some young players that, if they continue to develop the way they are, are going to emerge as stars. They have guys with star power, uh, but they've got to continue to grow. And, of course, it all starts with that run game, then that passing game. So they do have some talent. But Kyle Shanahan was asked about you know the talent at the wide receiver position in the pack weapons. And here's what he had to say about it.
1: Um, I mean, that's usually the case to me on most good offenses. I mean, whoever has a good player, you still can't force the ball to people. I mean, if you do, it's usually not going to be that good of an offense. So, um, And when you do want to spread it around, you're not going to be that scared unless you have talent on all those positions. So they've always done a good job. They rarely have a player who shouldn't be out there. Uh, they draft well. They keep their own pretty well. And um, they've done it consistently for a long time. And, um, always when you give young guys opportunities, sometimes there's some bumps in the road, um, which it sounds like they've gone through with this year a little bit. Um, but you get through those, and they find a way to win that last game and get in the playoffs. And now they got a good team that you don't know, look at it as a bunch of rookies. You look at a guy almost in their second and third
0: year, and um, they're playing like it. I mean, Kyle's right. Every team in this league, especially when you get to the playoffs, they've got talent, uh, a lot of talent, in fact. And you see a lot of young talent who have gotten experience this season. And they're going to get even more experience. Now they played through a playoff game. So Kyle's right. These guys are more so veteran players now than rookies. And they're going to be leaned on a lot. And they're going to have to make some big plays against a very talented 49ers defense. Make no mistake. This is not the Dallas Cowboys defense. 49ers defense is on you with that front seven. It's not entirely predicated on speed. But these are some real technicians who operate with speed and power. They will, yeah, run right past you or they'll put... The offensive linemen on their back right in front of you. There's a lot of talent that the 49ers have. And the 49ers defense is going to come out there looking to stop these weapons. If there's question marks, it could be 49ers speed at uh, cornerback positions. Uh, you have to worry about some of these, these wide receivers uh, for the Green Bay Packers and their speed and their ability to get deep down the field. But once again, if you're able to get pressure on the quarterback, then the amount of time that Jordan Love's going to have to throw the football diminishes. With every second that it diminishes, it gives your secondary a better opportunity to be in place and able to make a play. Let's be honest. If the 49ers aren't able to put pressure on Jordan Love, he's going to be able to go down the field to some of his playmakers. Guys like Christian Watson, uh, Jaden Reed, they have enough speed to get behind. I mean, Watson's an absolute burner. Uh, but don't sleep on the other guys either. They have the potential as well. So they have guys who can make plays. but sort of the 49ers defense. 49ers defense, Tarverius Ward. Yamner, Lenore, and Ambry Thomas, they know what they're in for, and they can go out and make some plays against this Green Bay Packers offense. So it's going to be a nice matchup from offense to defense. Let's take a look at the Packers defense a little bit uh, because we want to talk about their defensive coordinator, Joe Barry. He has six seasons of experience in the NFL as a defensive coordinator. He was in Detroit 2007-2008, then in Washington from 2015-2016, to and then Green Bay – uh, 21 and 22. So he's he's been there for three years now, uh, getting really really established as the Green Bay Packers' a defensive coordinator. And the thing is, is he's got some time that he spent with Kyle Shanahan. So, uh, during Joe berry's time in Tampa Bay in the 2002 through 2005, that area uh when he was in Tampa Bay, Kyle Shanahan was there as a quality control coach for John Gruden. So those two actually were there together. And then he was with the Rams. From 2017 through 2020, so he was there helping uh, institute that defense there with the the Los Angeles Rams and the Forty ers went against it. So Kyle Shanahan is very familiar with Joe Brady, what they do on defense, what his concepts are, and how he likes to adjust things. And Kyle had some comments about Joe Barry, and he kind of talks about, hey, yeah, you know, we we know this guy a little bit. Uh, so here's what he had to say. Uh, they looked real
1: good versus Dallas. I think they looked. Um... I haven't got to watch much of them until these last 10 days and obviously picked it up a lot more these last two days, but um, I think they're a very good defense. The numbers don't always tell the truth. They had a couple games that got um, some cheap yards, but they're good in the run, good in the pass. They can get to the quarterback. They're extremely sound. Um, They're getting healthier. A ton of respect for Joe. got to work with him my first couple years of my career in Tampa. uh, He's been involved in a number of different defenses and playing against him a few times with the Rams and, and, and uh, Green Bay, his scheme just keeps getting sounder and better.
0: It's one of those games where nothing is going to really surprise you. Both teams are very familiar with what each other does, whether that's Matt LaFleur being able to share knowledge with Barry because of all his knowledge he has with Kyle Shanahan or Barry, the fact that he knows some of the things that Kyle's done throughout the years because he's been around, he's coached against him, uh, he was on staff with him. They're going to have a general idea So Kyle Shanahan knows what are the rules and responsibilities that the team is going to want to run, that the Packers are going to want to run against the 49ers. his job to try to break some of those rules. If you can make them break rules on defense, you can have some big plays. 49ers present some interesting obstacles for the Green Bay Packers' defense. We know they're talented. The Green Bay Packers have talent at edge rusher. Uh, They have Preston Smith. They have Rashawn Gary. Those are just two guys that can definitely get after you. They have Van Ness, the young rookie. They lost Inabare. Uh, He's out for the year, so that's a big loss. He was a guy that was coming in as a rotational edge defender, and he's been pretty good. The Green Bay Packers, when it comes to uh, the DVOA, haven't been that great on defense this year. The Green Bay Packers finished at 27th uh, best defense in the NFL in DVOA. And, of course, once again, if you don't know what DVOA is, Uh, DVOA, it breaks down the entire season play-by-play, comparing success on each play to the league average based on number of variables, including down, distance, location on field, current score gap, quarter, and uh, opponent quality. So it it looks beyond just the stats. It takes a look at the actual circumstance uh, that you're in and then compares it to what what the rest of the teams do on average during the season. It gives you a really clear picture. So they're the 27th best defense in DVOA. And Kyle's saying, hey, if you look at the film and you look at the numbers, that doesn't really match up. And I think what we saw on film from them against the Dallas Cowboys showed that they have potential to be a better defense than that. I don't think they're one of the top five defenses in the league like they displayed against the Dallas Cowboys for some of that game. And I don't think they're the worst defense. I think they're more in the middle. Uh, So this is a team that doesn't create a lot of turnovers. And because of that, they don't have a lot of short fields for their offense. They don't get off the field uh, sometimes. So Packers are, in fact, the worst defense uh, still remaining in the NFC side of the playoffs. The 49ers have the number four best uh, defense when it comes to DVOA. The Lions have uh, number 13, and the Bucks have number 14. So far and away, they are the worst minus their offense. Their offense is really good, uh, but they, even then, their offense finishes third in the NFC behind the Lions and the 49ers. Uh, so you have a talented defense. Brought up Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith. And they have some rotational pieces, uh, too, that are pretty good. But on the inside, uh, they have Kenny Clark. Kenny Clark has been really, really good this year. T.J. Slayton and Devontae Wyatt. Uh, And then when you look at their linebacker room, they got Devondre Campbell, Quay Walker. Uh, Those guys are going to be making some plays. And then, you know, Isaiah McDuffie went down in the game. Uh, So we'll keep an eye on him. He's questionable. But Isaiah McDuffie was flying around making plays for that Green Bay Packers defense. So he's someone to watch as well. When you go to look at their secondary, uh, Jair Alexander's got to be one of the biggest question marks as we head into this football game. He was dealing with an ankle before the game, during the game. He's out there getting rough uh, with Dallas cornerbacks. He's throwing around Michael Gallup. He's pushing around Brandon Cooks. And then all of a sudden he goes down awkwardly and he grabs his ankle and they took him out of the game. Now, how much is that precautionary? How much is that, hey, let's just make sure with the amount of lead that we have in this game, let's make sure. Jair's available and ready to play against the 49ers. And how much is that ankle could have re-injured itself or even worse? Uh, We don't know. We'll find out during this week what is going to happen with Jair Alexander. That could be a huge, significant loss for the Green Bay Packers uh, because they just don't have the real depth at the cornerback position. uh, They got Keyshawn Nixon, Anthony Johnson, and Robert Rochelle as the first guys in. So uh, they've definitely need... Jair Alexander, if not, uh, it's going to be tough to stop Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle. It already is. And then if you're suffering injuries in that position, it's not going to be good. You look at the safeties, Jonathan Owens and Darnell Savage. And, of course, Darnell Savage with the big pick six during the football game. Jair Alexander had an interception. Darnell Savage had an interception as well. Uh, So they've got some talent on their defense when it comes to uh, playmakers. But they've got to continue to play better. And I think that's something to remember uh, when you're looking at this team is just how much better they got to get on defense. They give up uh, 20 points per game. They've been playing pretty good defense this year. And when it comes to rushing, they give up 128 yards. That is an area that could be a, a real problem for the Green Bay Packers when you look at matchups because, yeah, I know they stopped the run well, and Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith do a pretty good job setting the edge. But when you give up 128 yards on the ground against a San Francisco 49er team that averages 140-plus per game with a healthy Christian McCaffrey, who's a full participant in practice, and you see a more healthy George Kittle, a more healthy offensive line overall with Trent Williams, and the 49ers should be able to go in there and run the football against the Green Bay Packers, which could be significant because if you're able to win the time of possession, you're able to shorten this game, and you keep their defense on the field, you got to believe at some point you're going to have an opportunity to run away with this one. Now, if Green Bay is able to limit the 49ers run game and put pressure on Brock Purdy, then, yeah, they'll be in the midst of this game, and they'll have a real opportunity to potentially get a victory. Uh, but they're going to have to do a lot. This 49ers team is not going to uh, you know, go away. They are a, a really, really good football team. They have all the talent in the world. On offense and defense, I think this is a good matchup for the 49ers. I think one of the main goals this week is going to be keeping Jordan Love inside the pocket. I think they're going to want to speed up his clock, but keep him inside the pocket and try to get to him early and get to him often. That's the way that the 49ers have done it against guys like Aaron Rodgers. Jordan Love's a different beast, a different animal, and we'll see how the 49ers go about it. Uh, so thanks for watching 49ers versus Packers First Look episode of 40 ers cutback was brought to you by bet online where the game starts of course lots of content's going to be coming out this week I hope you guys will all come back to the channel and if you think I earned your subscription please subscribe I appreciate it on the push for 5K trying to get there before the end of the Super Bowl at 5k is a real option I think I could get there but not without your help so thank you guys so much I'll catch you guys on the next one until then stay safe and remember the right way is always the 49ers